With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? Alex Baker here with Osmo.com, and joined today by a very special guest, Neil Orfield. You've probably seen him on DraftKings and FanDuel, NC Orfield 8K. And Neil, you had uh, you had a huge takedown the on Sunday. I mean, uh, living the DFS dream, a million dollar winner in the DraftKings Millionaire Maker. So, Neil, uh, how are you doing, man? You know, just like any other week. <laughs> I'm still pretty through the roof, uh, you know, pretty, uh, like you said, it's living the DFS dream. Uh, I never, never really saw myself winning a million dollars. So it's uh, pretty, pretty exciting still a couple days later. I can tell you from personal experience, it's not easy. I'm sure you've entered a <laughs> lot of these before. I'm still trying to chase my first one. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you beat out 222,000 people to come out on top in this uh, tournament. So like really you, you had to, have almost like a perfect lineup and you did so no actually alex i would have lost in the three dollar no way someone had it <laughs> okay so yeah. if you're watching make sure you enter all your lineups in your millionaire maker right. so you don't get fomo but uh 279 points with uh two hundredths uh with the boot so you, you you had the russell wilson stack uh you had him with tyler lockett and then uh, you ran it back with DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. And this was a really interesting scenario because it was the Sunday night game, which is usually not included in the slate. And uh, because of COVID, the timing got switched around, but DraftKings kept the game on the slate. And uh, that was really cool. So how did, uh, first of all, you went with the one wide receiver and one, uh, riders here from the opposing team. So is that something you're specifically targeting? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, different weeks I set rules differently, but uh, this week in particular, I just set the rule to uh, one one pass catcher with my quarterbacks. Um, and then I figured, you know, I can allow for more, but I don't I don't limit it to one. Um, that's just kind of my, my starting point. And then I kind of whittle it down from, you know, I want to have at least one, pass catcher and uh one run back but nice man very solid i mean uh we've seen the run run back with your quarterback take it take it down most weeks this year so that was that's definitely been the winning strategy and you had uh you had several low-owned players here deontay johnson he had been questionable going into the week so his ownership was down but really getting a lot of targets before that harrison bryant 
he had bad news about him early in the morning uh, that he was starting over David and Joku. And uh, was it that news that got you on to Harrison Bryant at 2.8% uh, ownership? Yeah, I mean, it was it was the news combined with the matchup combined with the projected ownership. So, you know, I, I saw in Fantasy Crunch that you had him projected for around what he ended up at super low uh, in a matchup against Cincinnati. And so b- before the week even started in my, like, dummy lineup, I had uh, the tight end. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, the Cleveland tight end who starts usually... Uh, 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 Hooper. Hooper, yeah. I had Austin Hooper in there. Uh, but then when he was out, you know, I kind of was thinking David Njoku. Uh, so I kind of, I, I switched him into my dummy lineups. But then with uh, the news that uh, Njoku was not going to start and it was going to be Bryant instead, I, uh, and I, and I looked at, you know, like I said, I looked at your ownership projections and I was kind of wondering, has Alex not updated this yet? Like, are people really <laughs> not going to jump on this guy at 2,500? Um but it was spot on. And so I, I boosted the projection uh, that I had for uh, Brian because I, want, I knew I wanted to get above the field. Um, I probably went a little bit overboard of what I needed, but, you know, no complaints. Nice, man. Yeah, I mean, it really worked out, and it was a good read. And I think with the ownership, a lot of times when there's late news like this, a lot of people have locked in their lineups already. I know I'm making a lot of my lineups well in advance of an hour and a half before before lock. So that came out about an hour before lock, and obviously you're ready to adapt to that. So that that was a huge difference maker. And uh, Devonte Adams, he had a huge week. Um, not too hard to to predict. Twenty three percent of the people had him. Jamal yeah. Williams, uh, he was a great play with Aaron Jones out. And then uh, the big fade of your lineup was Alvin Kamara without Michael Thomas. So was that something that you didn't have as much of him as everyone else, or was it just this particular lineup? No, just this particular lineup. I was over the field on Kamara. <laughs> um, you know, he was he just projected so well that I definitely had a ton of Kamara. Uh, luckily, not in this lineup. Um, but yeah, I, I typically so I maybe we, we want to talk about the uh, my process later, but. Uh, you know, I typically don't whittle down. I don't uh, cut down players' projections too much from where you have them. I usually add to players that I want to get more of. But yeah, Camaro was just based on the projections. He was a great player. I mean, he ended up with what 20, 22 points or something like that. So, well, it didn't end up being a bad play. It just wasn't in the optimal. Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows that diversifying. Like, even if you really like a player, I mean, you. If you have lineups without uh, some of the stronger plays, it can pay off huge. So I'm curious about your experiences with DFS, like how long you've been playing. I mean, you're in a lot of these tournaments and you, you multi-entered this one a number of times. So uh, how, how have you kind of evolved uh, from when you started playing DFS to now? So I started playing DFS in 2003. Um, I younger brother invited me over to watch the Timberwolves game. And I, at that time, didn't care about basketball. <laughs> uh, it's now my favorite sport and I'm a huge Timberwolves fan. But at that time I was like, yeah, I don't really care about this game, but I want to come hang out. So I joined a few uh, annual lineups and got crushed. Uh, but for a little while I thought I was going to be okay. And, and it kind of, you know, I, I, I loved it. So I kept playing uh, the rest of that season. And I think I started doing football that fall. Um, so yeah, I've been playing since 2013, uh, and you know, early on, I would just read about the best plays, and probably didn't, you know, 
know all of the correlations that you really need to pay attention to. I mean, I think I, I picked up on quarterback and a pass catcher immediately, but uh, there's obviously a lot more to it. Um, and, you know, in, in recent years, I spend a lot of time, you know, uh, watching, listening to podcasts uh, about strategy and, you know, um, along with plays as well. But um, yeah, so I've been doing it a while and my process has definitely evolved and continues to evolve. <laughs> awesome man well you you've officially hit the uh the peak of dfs uh with this millionaire takedown so uh, whatever you've been doing since you started in 2013 has really paid off and that's got to feel good uh let's talk about sunday night because like first of all it was very unique that you got a sunday night game that you had the sweat and because you had uh, a big stack from this game I mean, did you know going into this game that you had a potential winner on your hands? Um, so I knew going into this game that I had a potential great lineup. I did not know that it was this one. I uh, I was in third place in the Wildcat uh, going into the Sunday night game, which would have been $75,000. Uh, and I was, so my, I tweeted about it before the game. I said, this game, you know, I don't want this game to be a shootout. Obviously, no one was going to be a shootout just need no, no touchdowns in the Arizona-Seattle game. Um, so, yeah, I was very much rooting against everything that was ended up <laughs> interest for the first half. I, so I was – usually I am checking my lineups constantly, uh, you know, seeing, seeing where I'm at. For, for this particular game, I didn't actually check uh, until halftime of the Sunday night game because I knew that I was sweating the wild card and I was – or the, the wildcat um, – so I knew, you know, for that particular contest, I knew what my rooting interests were, and that's what I was paying attention to. At halftime, I just happened to think, oh, yeah, I should probably check the rest of my lineups. <laughs> Look, and, I, you know, my, my money has gone up uh, in the, the Millie Maker. So I look at why that is, and you know, I was in 48th place at the time with three players remaining. Uh, nobody ahead of me had, had more than one player remaining, and I was 18 points out of first. So I was, at that point, I was like, oh, man, this is, this is live. I've got, I've got a real shot here. Um, and didn't actually watch the third quarter. I was, uh, busy doing other stuff. Um, I was thinking about it the whole time. <laughs> it was very much on my mind. So, uh, not watching it was tough, but nothing really went my way in the third quarter. So probably best that I didn't watch. I needed, you know, like, I guess I needed 18 points out of Hopkins and, uh, Russ because everybody had locked it out of me. Um, and they, I think, put up five points combined in the third quarter. <laughs> so, and I, I told my wife, you know, I told my wife at halftime, you know, I think I have uh, a lineup that could be good. We don't usually do the sweats together. It's usually just me, and I tell them later how I did. Uh, this particular one, I told her, we watched the fourth quarter, uh, and I was, you know, stressed. <laughs> I was pacing around the room. She was telling me, you know, it's okay. It's not your money. You know, don't, don't worry about money that you don't have. Anything you win is good. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, man, I, I should really, I've got a real shot here and it's not looking good for me right now. Um, so it was intense. Uh, and then I think it was about six minutes left Russ through a touchdown. Um, so at that point, uh, you know, I was talking with guys in the Austin with Slack chat and somebody pointed out that I just needed a six yard catch to get the 100 point bonus plus the point for the catch plus the yards and that would put me uh, in first place so at that point I just needed the Hopkins touchdown or the Hopkins one single catch uh, for six yards 
and that would put me over. Um, and it didn't happen. And <laughs> I mean, game went to overtime. It was uh, stressful. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you must have been really sweating that field goal by the Cardinals. Because, uh, I mean, like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it wasn't guaranteed that game wouldn't go to overtime. And right. then um, once it did, I mean, you needed Russell Wilson to get a few points or, or Hopkins. And it, it wasn't happening initially, if I recall correctly. I mean, it, it, the overtime just kind of went on and nothing was happening. So, at what point did you think you were going to win? Uh, when he got the catch was the first time. <laughs> I mean, it was it was really just not. I, I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, uh, just needed the one catch, and they feed Hopkins the ball all game, every game, and I was just like, "This is going to happen, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna throw to him." And it looked like he wasn't even looking his way. You know, he was throwing it to Larry Fitzgerald and Chase Edmonds, and he was not even thinking about. He forgot about Hopkins, I guess, for a while. Uh, so yeah, I definitely was not confident until the very, until he finally caught the ball. And I was also, so at one point I, I was fluctuating from second to fourth. So I was this close to a million, uh, but also every time Kyler Murray did something, people would jump me and I would jump, uh, drop from 150,000 to 50,000. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the troubles at the top, I guess, where structure <laughs> was just so steep. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that that definitely adds a lot of stress when the money is changing so much, so frequently. And Kyler Murray had a great game, so yeah. having Russ, it must have been a little bit of a, a rooting against Kyler, but also hoping he throws the Hopkins. So that yeah. that sounds conflicting. <laughs> it was it was very conflicting. Awesome. It was just so many so many chances for the game to end with the the field goal that he made to send it to overtime. And then he had a field goal that he missed in overtime that would have ended it. Uh, and then again, he, he's, he ended up with a field goal to win the game at the end. Probably wouldn't have mattered anyway, but, you know, I was on the needle, so it uh, felt important to me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, never a sweating field goal. It's been that exciting. So know, man. After, uh, after you won, I mean, I saw a lot of people talking about one play that happened way, way earlier in the day that – uh, Todd Gurley, he scored a game losing touchdown versus the Detroit Lions. And I, I think Todd Gurley was a really interesting play on Sunday's slate because a lot of people were on the, the Falcons pass catchers or on the Detroit Lions uh, receivers. So going for Atlanta rushing made a, a nice little pivot there. But uh, Atlanta, they could have won the game if they ran down the clock and hit a field goal. But Ty Gurley accidentally scored a touchdown, which caused them to lose uh, when the Detroit Lions had their last drive. So, <laughs> I mean, like, obviously you didn't know how important that would be. And what does it feel like now? I mean, it feels amazing. It's just, <laughs> it's so funny to win a million dollars and know that because a player accidentally scored a touchdown, losing his team the game. Um, I said this on Twitter, it would have been uh, more fun, I think, if that had been the last game. And to feel like I was completely out of it, like they're obviously not going to rush for a touchdown here <laughs> and then have them do it accidentally uh, would have been pretty amazing. But I still, uh, you know, obviously I'm I'm enjoying that that bit of misfortune for Todd Gurley. That, that, <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, it worked out well for you, and I see you got that picture uh, behind you there. Yeah. So is that to uh, to commemorate that that play? <laughs> yeah, I got I got to thank Luffy for the picture. I posted a different picture, and then he sent me one with the Detroit players uh, calling for the touchdown, which I really really enjoyed <laughs> seeing the opposing team cheering for the touchdown. <laughs> that that's awesome, man. So that. That one play, I mean, in retrospect, was was pretty amazing. But let's talk about how you came up with the lineup. So I know uh, with NFL, you get a whole week to prepare. So at what point do you start researching for the games that week, and what do you do? So for most of the week, I don't do a ton of research. Really. I do. I listen to podcasts just kind of like in the background while I'm doing the dishes or other stuff. Um, but I my my research doesn't really get too intense until Sunday, just because uh, that's when you know the injury news. That's when, uh, you know, a lot of stuff comes out on Sunday that really shapes the slate. Uh, so, you know, I, I am listening. I listen to a lot of awesome uh, podcasts throughout the week, but I'm kind of, I have it in the background for the most part. It's not something that I'm really thinking about. I'm not thinking about, uh, I mean, it, it puts plays in my head. It makes me think about the games themselves and I can kind of come up with, players that I want to focus on uh, oftentimes during the week. Um, but it's not something that I really spend a ton of time on until Sunday morning, just because so much can change um, so quickly. So yeah, I actually, uh, I usually, I, I sleep in a little bit, but Sunday morning is the one morning that I actually wake up early <laughs> to start my NFL research. And uh, past Sunday, actually, you guys were on live earlier at, at Awesome Elk, And I joined that right away. I was listening all morning as I was setting my lineups. Um, so that's, uh, a big part of my, a big part of my process. Um, sometimes I might do a crunch the night, the day before, just like put lineups in so that I don't have a train on, uh, FanDuel or DraftKings. Um, but yeah, I definitely adjust, uh, a lot throughout Sunday, trying to get, you know, the, the players that I want in the amounts that I want. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think Sunday, as you're saying, you just have so much more information about who the good plays are that that day. And we had um, we had that late news with Harrison Bryant getting the start. That really was a difference maker for you. So that that really shows that if you take the time right before the game starts to finalize your lineups, you can get a big advantage through that. And I also, you know, I like listening to a lot of podcasts throughout the week and it just helps you kind of get a sense of what other people are thinking and they make all these arguments and it's like either agree or disagree. It helps you like kind of figure out your center for, for Sunday. So I think that's a really good process. Now, once you get down to business, what tools and resources are you usually leveraging when you're, when you're building lineups? Um, so I, I use Fantasy Cruncher and I use your projections. <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of your tout uh, make their own projections, and maybe there's some benefit to you know having unique projections. But uh, so I use I use your projections as a base, I should say, um, and then I adjust a little bit uh, according to you know where I want to get different because I assume your projections are going to be uh, like the most likely outcomes, um, and I sometimes want to have individual plays that I want to focus on that I want to get different because I know uh, in part, because I know a lot of, a lot of other people are also using your projections. Uh, and so they're going to get a lot of the same players that I am. So I want to at least differentiate myself slightly from, from that part of the field. Um, so 
I mentioned earlier, I think that, uh, so I, I rarely uh, move players' projections down too much um, because I recognize that, you know, I'm using, using the best projections in the business. Um, but I will uh, increase projections of some players where I'm not getting enough of them. So like I'll, I'll run a crunch and see the percentages that I get and I'll run a crunch and then I'll cut it down and see the kind of percentages I'll get for each player. Uh, and then I will uh, change incrementally. I'll change the projections that I have on some players to get more or less uh, based on where I want to end up. That's awesome, man. So it sounds like you kind of have in your head an idea of what kind of exposure you want to, to different players. So you build lineups and then you kind of tweak it so that you get the players that you want in that exposure uh, rate that you'd like as well. And I think that really paid off that diversification because as you're saying, you had a lot of Kamara, Kamara, he was one of the best plays of the week and not having him in this lineup ended up being a huge difference maker just because, uh, Gurley is so much cheaper that allowed you to get that Seattle stack, which was quite expensive this, uh, this Sunday. So, uh, you mentioned that you cut down the lineups. Uh, so is that because, uh, I mean, when you generate lineups of fancy cruncher, like sometimes some, if you use a lot of randomness and stuff, some of them are maybe ones you'd want to use. So what, what do you do? What are you looking for in the lineups that you end up, uh, selecting in that? So I usually, I crunch maybe three or four times the number of lineups that I actually have. Um, and then I cut down from there and I usually just cut off the bottom, at least the bottom quarter right away. Um, and from there I will look at, uh, like if I have way more of one quarterback than I want, uh, I will cut down, you know, the bottom X number from that quarterback or, you know, I'll, I'll look at, uh, individual players that I have too much of or too little of. And if I have too little of that player, I will make sure that I don't cut out those lineups. So I'll uncheck them from the group that I'm going to delete. Um, and if I have, um, too much of a player, then I will, uh, you know, click on that player's group, uh, itself. And from there find lineups that I, don't want uh, in that group if they're correlations I don't like or if it just doesn't project that well. Um, so I, yeah, I kind of, I crunch a bigger number and then I cut down just based on uh, essentially uh, how much I want of different players. I don't actually look at, in theory, I'd like to be looking at each lineup individually. Uh, so it's funny hearing people talk about this lineup and, you know, what was his thought process? And I didn't know I had this lineup until it was halftime of the last game of the day. You know, I, I don't know specifically uh, exact lineups, except for maybe like the, the hand-built lineup that I always start with and leave in there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think uh, curating that list down to, uh, to execute a strategy that you have in mind and having like a diversified portfolio with, you know, the plays that you want at a higher rate than, you know, the field and the ones that you don't like as much at not high exposure. That's definitely the best way to, to go about this. So I think you, everything you're saying makes a ton of sense. Uh, I mean, it, it worked out uh, in the end, of course. And now now you have a million bucks in your DraftKings account. So yeah. uh, what are you planning to do now that, that you have this huge windfall? Uh, so the, the boring answer is we're meeting with a financial advisor tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll see how much of it I actually have left over to have fun with. Um, 
you know, we, we just uh, moved into a new house a couple months ago. Uh, we had talked about, uh, you know, dreaming about if I ever want a million dollars, would we move? Uh, and I think that we've come down to, we're probably not going to move. Um, but yeah, the, the fun stuff we'll do, we'll probably buy uh, a new car, at least for me. I drive a 2003 Honda CRV with over 200,000 miles on it currently. <laughs> I worry it's going to break down every time I drive it. So definitely be upgrading that. Uh, probably my wife's car as well. Um, you know, some, some stuff around the house, uh, as far as like life changes, I don't have any immediate plans to quit my job. You know, I guess that's, it's nice that that's an option now. Um, but I, I'm not immediately planning to go pro, um, and do this full time, but you know, it would be, it would be nice to have a little bit more time to actually focus on, uh, DFS, but I figure I can use your tools. You put in all the work for me for the most part. So, uh, appreciate that. <laughs> and it saves me a lot of time having your projections at my disposal. For sure, man. I mean, that's what I'm here for. But uh, I mean, it was you that that did all the the work to, to execute the strategy that really paid off. And uh, so uh, a big question in DFS is the bankroll management. So now that you had this big win, are you going to play more on NFL Sundays? I, I, it sounds like you're you're being very thoughtful with how you're how you're uh, going to use this money. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if I were a single man, I would probably be spending all my money every Sunday. <laughs> I don't think that I'm going to be. Uh, I don't think my wife would approve of that. So uh, probably probably not too much more than I played last Sunday. Um, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll play a, a fair amount. I'll probably max out at least the FanDuel, maybe the, the DraftKings, Millie Makers. Um, but I, I've been trying to focus more recently on not the Millie Makers uh, because they have such a steep payout structure. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. I think there are better payout structures and better tournaments to play. Um, I'll probably I'll probably start playing more and more uh, smaller field tournaments. I think is going to be is going to become my focus now that I. Now that I've lived the dream and it's unlikely to happen again, maybe maybe I won't max out the Millie Maker. Maybe I'll focus elsewhere. Um, time will tell, I guess. <laughs> maybe it depends on the week too. How much I how much I like the games. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, that that's funny. That like now that you won the Millionaire Maker, you're like I've I've done it already. You know the the thrill is gone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Neil, congratulations, man. Thanks, Alex. I mean, this is uh, this is what we all want to do as DFS players: is win a million bucks in one day, and you did it, and you had a great strategy. So, um, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing your your thoughts with us and uh, the experience. And I uh, hope everyone watching picked up a couple tidbits to to chase this million this week. So, guys, good luck. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me on.